Welcome to Coffee and Culture, the podcast by me, Amir Muhammad. Um, this is going to be our first one, guys, so bear with me because I'm learning how to do all of this fun stuff. And it seems like everybody nowadays I know is um, making a podcast and it's becoming more of a thing, especially since COVID, which is quite interesting. Um, but I have been doing, um, leadership videos on my Instagram page now for about two or three years. So that's out there. Um, but I wanted to do this to, uh, go more in depth with, um, my thoughts on leaderships and coffee. So yeah, um, this very first episode First episode is just a mere introduction to get us familiar with each other. That is all. Very simple. Nothing, you know, too crazy. Won't be going into depth and doing a lot of, um, giving you a lot of research-based knowledge at this time. Um, yeah, and won't have any names of any coffee drinks except the Amira Special, which it should be called at Starbucks. Um, I just want to get into this to explain um, a few things. So I wanted to start this podcast um, for fellow coffee and espresso enthusiasts and leadership researchers like myself. Um, my love of coffee and all things espresso started when I got a job at Starbucks back in 2016 or 17. It's all a blur. Um, but I got a job right after my divorce, and that was the first place that I um, you know, worked for. So till this very day, I am in love with Starbucks and grateful to Starbucks. Um, reason why I love Starbucks, I learned more about the company, sadly, after I left, as far as um, the original CEO, Howard Schwartz, and why he started the company. I heard him speak on a super soul podcast with Oprah, who is my fellow Aquarius. Yay. Um, yeah. And he's... He founded it back in 1988, um, and it became one of the first companies to give health insurance to all its employees, including part-time workers, um, which is something that's so unheard of and that, to this day, a lot of people still don't have, and we don't have universal cares. That's a whole nother podcast for somebody else who's probably more qualified to speak on. Um, but I did love that you that they gave us benefits at that time, even if you were part-time. So this is why Starbucks has a really diverse, in my opinion, a diverse, um, a lot of diverse employees, a lot of different people from different backgrounds, different age groups, um, because benefits are needed here. And it was a blessing to have and shout out to Howard Schwartz. Cause if I could meet the man, I probably would just ooze, excitement and want to just talk all things business, coffee and leadership with him maybe one day. But um here's a like I have a quote by Howard um which I I've heard his um story his his upbringing and everything about his family, his mom and his dad and this quote just gives you the reason why he felt it was necessary to do this at his company. And he says, I never set out to build a global business. I set out to build the kind of company that my father never had a chance to work for, 
one that treats all people with dignity, end quote. Um, like, that's amazing. And that's all we as humans should want for each other and companies should want for us. And sadly, most of them don't. Um, obviously, big ones have to by law. But um, for part-time employees, let's discuss that. Part-time employees, that's a big deal. Typically, most companies, you work full-time somewhere, you get benefits after the, I hate the term probation, after the allotted time. Um, but even then, like, it takes out a gang of your check. And it's just like, oh, my God. But at least at Starbucks, you can get the opportunity to have that in part-time. So that's just one of the reasons why I love Starbucks. Um, it felt like a family working there. And that's where I fell in love with espresso and other coffee drinks. I don't drink regular coffee. Um, so I know some people who are um, into like buying coffee and um, beans from their local um, coffee shop. And that's cool. And it be- it's becoming more of a trend, like a hipster trend, which I kind of don't like. Because I feel like it's just like a fad for some people. And it's just something that they want to post to look cool. But they really don't like coffee, though. It's, it's <laughs> I'm going to go into my little rant here for like five seconds. People who visit Starbucks, though, it don't. Like they put so much sugar in their drinks that you can't taste espresso or coffee. Baffles me, and only because when you're there, typically when you are trained, you pretty much have to taste everything so that you can um, describe what you're tasting and what you're drinking in each of the the brews and the espresso to the customers. And so, I didn't even drink espresso at all before I started at Starbucks, and now that's my thing. That's my jam. Um, I typically when I go in the morning which is almost every morning. So y'all get it. Y'all still get my money. I don't work there. Um, I usually get a solo shot of espresso and a tall ice cup, two pumps of classic and oat milk inside of that. And it sounds complicated. It really isn't. People who work there, who all my baristas around me in the tri-state area know me. So, you know, I still have plugs everywhere. Um, but that drink really isn't complicated. If you're a barista, you get it. It's just a solo shot of espresso with a, a bit of sweetener, just a dash and oat milk. Um, so yeah, that's my drink. So that's the coffee aspect of all of that. And from there, I started to visit, um, local coffee shops around me and Homewood, Hazelcrest, Flossmoor. And I started to venture out and I pretty much been to a decent, decent amount, like a lot, a lot, a lot of coffee shops within the Chicago land area and Chicago, Um, so that's my hobby, I guess. Um, I do like to visit and I typically test baristas by asking to have a small vanilla cap with oat milk. Um, so yeah, um, that's kind of how I test the the skills of the thickened way this espresso properly, how much of the, I won't say milk or dairy or non-dairy product you can put in there, how it should weigh the foam, latte art. The bitterness or sweetness of espresso, all of those things are quite important to me when I go to a um, coffee house. And uh, shout out to the barista who lives now in Cali and still doing her thing as an awesome barista um, who got me hooked on oat milk. I know I always say oak, but this is a Chicago thing. Um, yeah, like the best thing ever. Like it's oat milk 
almond. And then if I'm desperate and nothing else would do, 2%. That is how I got into my obsession, hobby, love with um, coffee and espresso. So there you have it. Um, now, how I got into leadership is um, quite different. I was in grad school for a little bit. Um, and I think my professor at the time showed us a YouTube video of a TED Talk by this guy, Simon Sinek. And it was called Start With Why. And she showed this to us. I forgot why. What was the purpose? Can't remember. But this literally changed my life. You know when you see something, you're like, damn, this is, this was amazing. This blown my mind. This TED Talk blew my flipping mind. It was so awesome. And if you haven't seen it, Google Simon Sinek. That's S-I-N-E-K. Um, and alongside of that, Google start with why and watch the, it's literally like 18 minutes back in the day, back in the days when Ted talks were only like 10 to 15 minutes or something like that. Um, so yeah, go check it out, especially if you're into leadership and understanding a new, um, idea of how to run, if you're an entrepreneur, how to run a business, a small business, a company, and effectively and in a way that will change the world and benefit society as a whole. But I digress. Let's get back into Simon Sinek and um, start with why. He mentions a lot of people in this this particular TED Talk. Martin Luther King Jr., Steve Jobs, whom is my mentor, even though he's not here, but the man has changed my life as well. Um, and the Wright brothers. And he mentions how they had little in common, but they all started with why. And that they realized that people won't truly buy into a product, service, movement, or idea until they understand the why behind it. And that's a quote from Simon Sinek's site. Um, but I have his books and um, that book and another book called Leaders Eat Last, which was revolutionary. And he kind of based that one around um, his connections and relationships with people in the Marines and the military and why the leader eats last. And take that thought into um, corporate America and to business today. And that is not the case. Most cases, the CEO eats first. He's getting the big chunk of anything that comes down, trickles down. In which it's all another story. Um, so that's how I got into leadership, basically. And his books were amazing. And it just talks about simple things which shouldn't be crazy and revolutionary, like empathy, compassion, knowing that your um, employees should be treated like family and they're not just numbers. And being in an environment when you aren't scared of just losing your job every day and you're working from a position of fear. Um, which all these things we're going to get into in later podcasts. But um, so yeah, that's that. That's how I get into my love of coffee and leadership. And I've expounded on that so much since in the last five years. And um, I'm grateful for all these TED Talks and podcasts, Super Souls and books that I've read by these wonderful entrepreneurs and people who have changed the world and um, the business as we know it, including, and always including Steve Jobs, but I will get on to his, the the man that he was in a different podcast because I can go on forever about him. 
Um, so yeah, that's it for this podcast. I just wanted to say hi, and that's who I am, and these are the things I love. So you have a snippet into my world. Uh, I'm a complete nerd, and I know I look cool online. Not really. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's me, guys, in a nutshell. Um, that's it. Until next time. Ciao, Bella. I love you all. Go spread love and go forth and inspire. Bye.